If you have your Bibles, then turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the seats in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love for you to take that one home with you today as our gift to you. We love giving away copies of God's Word for you to have, and so uh, we'd love for you to take that with you. Uh, we are in the middle of this series, Salt and Light, and today we're going to be talking about light, about what it means to be a light in our world. And so I'm going to ask you to turn with me in Matthew chapter 5, and I just want to begin reading uh, with the passage we, we dealt with last week, beginning in verse 13, and then we'll read through 16. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall, it be salt, how, how shall its saltness, saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Have you ever been a part of something that was uh, important in someone's life. You know, sometimes it's, it's a, a place of honor for you to be invited to be a part of a wedding or to be a part of an important day in someone's life, even, even to be a part of uh, the celebration of someone's life and their death. Um, if you've ever been invited to a graduation party or to uh, some great accomplishment or an announcement of some grandeur proportions, you know that to be in a place of honor, there, there's just something that you feel uh, privileged to be there in that moment that is special in someone's life. And I have to tell you that uh, uh, in my own study of this passage, what I saw in verse 14 was you and I being invited to be a part of something that God wants the whole world to experience. An incredible, powerful thing of God bringing light into the darkness. If you look in verse 14, it says that you are to be the light of the world. And, and I want you to just understand that is, that is God inviting you, God inviting me to be a part of something that is incredible. It is powerful. He didn't have to bring us to the table, but what he does in that moment is he brings us together with him to help be the hope and purpose for our world. Now, how do you know that, Doug? Well, if you will, you can hold your finger or just write this passage down or just listen for a second. But in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said these words. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What Jesus does in that moment is said that if there is any light in this world, it is me. It is Jesus. And then in Matthew chapter 5, what he says is, you are the light of the world. And so what he does in that moment is invites us in to be a part in that one phrase, Jesus brings us to the same platform of being able to bring the light, the message of Christ, the gospel, the good news to a world living in darkness without a real hope. He brings us to the table and he allows us to be a part of bringing light to the darkness. Now, I don't know if you understand the ramifications of that. I don't know if you understand the importance of that, but what Jesus could do all on his own, he doesn't need us. And so he invites us into that special moment, into that special place where we're able to be light for someone who's living in darkness. 
I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to share Christ with someone, but if you have, then in that moment, you are light. You are God's light in their life. And I want you to know that's an honor and that's a privilege. We live in a world today that is following desperately, grasping at the wind, crying out for something to fill the void in their lives and give them a peace of knowing that this world has something of meaning and purpose beyond this moment. And what God says in verse 14 is, you are the light of the world, and you get to that person who is confused, to that person who is grasping for something, you get to bring the answer. Paul wrote this, In Romans chapter 10, verse 15, how will they know unless, how will they know if no one tells them? You see, what God allows us to do is to bring the message of the gospel, to bring the good news, to bring the the hope of glory to someone's life. In just a few words, we're allowed to be a part of that. Now, here's the thing. You can see it as a privilege because it is. But in verse 14, it, says, it does not say you can be the light of the world. <laughs> as, it, as he didn't do in verse 13, he didn't say uh, you, you can be, if you want to, if it's convenient, be the salt of the earth. He did not give any different language in verse 14. In fact, he says, you are the light of the world. Now, that, that makes me do a personal inventory of how bright my light is. As a believer in Jesus Christ, I have to be thinking of the places that I have influenced, the places that I have a voice, the places that I am able to speak of the Lord Jesus Christ. How bright is my light? You know, uh, when, when I was a little boy, I don't know if you guys memorized this song or heard this song, but they used to teach me this little light of mine. Anybody know that song? Okay, let's stand up and sing. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to sing it. Okay, but, but we, we used to, and, and we, we, it's kind of like a candle, right? But what you need to understand is that it's more than that. This little light of mine really isn't little because the power of Christ in you, the light that God puts in your life is not supposed to be a candle that can be blown out when you go outside in the wind. It is a powerful light that is within you that is supposed to spill out of you into the world around you. And Jesus says in verse 14 that you are to be the light to the world. He allows us, but he more than that commands us to take the light of Christ, the the, the story of the gospel, the good news, the hope that people need to the world. Now, I think that what we need to define is what is the light of the world? What is the light of Christ? And I read a definition this week that I really like, and I want to read it to you. It says that the light of the world, the light of Jesus, is a living testimony of a living God who brings the dead to life, the hurt, the hurting healing, the despondent hope, the misguided purpose. You see, what God does is he solves the problem. He, he brings the solution to the table. He brings healing to a hurting person. He brings hope to those who have thought they were without hope. That is what the light of the world means. That is what the gospel is. That is what the light of Christ is supposed to be. And in this passage, I want us to break apart this morning five things that I believe that Jesus says that the light of Christ will do in in our lives and in the life of the world. The number one is this. You find it in the, the middle of verse 15. It says, verse 15, people do not light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives, gives light to all that is in the house. If you look at that, that verse, all that is within the house, it gives them light. 
It means that they bring, you're able to, with the light of Christ, bring hope. You see, we live in a world that seems to be without true hope. I don't know if you can remember back, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, what it was like before you knew Christ. But, but for many of us, we struggled with what truly is real, what truly brings satisfaction, what truly brings purpose to my life. And there's nothing like the feeling of understanding that now Jesus is the Lord and the Savior of my life, and now I have a hope that goes beyond me. You see, when you bring the light of Christ into someone's life, when you bring it into the world, you bring hope. And we live in a world that is without hope. We get to bring them hope, the hope of Jesus to them. We get to see their desperation turn to relief. We get to see God do a work in their lives and the lives of others, and that truly makes a difference for eternity. You see, hope is uh, more than just a political slogan. Hope is real, but the real hope is only found in Christ. The real hope is only found when you connect to the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing is this, that when we bring the light of Christ to the world, it dispels darkness. If you look in verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world and a city Uh, a, A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You see, what Jesus says is this, that when Jesus comes into your life, when salvation comes to your soul, when you are forgiven of your sins and Christ comes in to be the Lord and Savior of your life, listen to this, you are, you cannot hide it. It's not meant to be some little pretty piece you put on a mantle or a shelf or a cabinet in your, in your house. It's meant to be something that is lived out in your life, and you cannot hide it. You see, uh, the the conversation comes when uh, your life begins to walk away from Christ. Was Christ really ever on the throne of your heart? You know, we, we, we get in these conversations about someone who accepts Christ and then they fall away from Christ. And my question is, did, did Jesus really sit on the throne of their heart? Or did they just go through some word motions with their mouth? You see, because if Jesus comes into your life, it's not meant to be hidden. It's not meant to be something that you pick up once a week. It's not meant to be something that is uh, used when it's convenient for you. It's not the fire alarm that you pull only when things are going wrong. Jesus is meant to be a full part of your life. He's meant to overtake your life. And what happens when Jesus comes into your life is that you cannot hide him. You see, when Jesus comes into your heart, the Holy Spirit goes to work on your heart. He goes to work on your life. He begins to show you the areas of your life that you need work. He begins to show you the areas of your life that need correction. He, needs, he begins to show you things that, that uh, need to be changed. So what happens is that when light comes into your life, it dispels the darkness. It exposes the truth. It exposes the sin. It exposes uh, a great need for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that can be a very, very painful process. Uh, thankfully, I, I heard Billy Graham say one time that, that when, when God begins to show you the inner depths of your dark heart, he doesn't burst the door wide open, he cracks it. Because if he was to burst open the, the doors of your heart and we were to see the dark recesses of what our mind and our heart is, that we would be overwhelmed and we would probably give up. But what Jesus does is he begins to expose it and he exposes it a little bit of time so that we can deal with it. Because if we were able to see the true darkness of our heart, we'd be overwhelmed. 
Jesus dispels the darkness. And when he begins to expose our sin, he begins to expose the truth of who we are. He begins to expose what needs to be changed. That's not always a negative process because when he begins to expose it and we begin to see our great need for Jesus, it brings safety. You see, we begin to see that it it begins to bring relief to us. Because if you've been burdened by sin, if you've been burdened by sin, there is, a, there is a weight that is on you. And when Jesus begins to show the light and he says, you know what, I see your sin. I see the darkness of your heart. I see your thought process. I see everything that's going on. When the light shows on the darkness and the Jesus says, I love you anyway. I cleanse you. I forgive you. I give you mercy. I give you grace. There's a sense of relief. I can breathe again. You see, you may be in this room this morning and you feel the weight of your sin. You feel the weight of your life and you just want to breathe again. When Jesus dispels the darkness, he brings light. And with that light comes relief. He brings forgiveness. The third thing that happens when we're able to take the light of Christ into our life and into the world is that it it proclaims the goodness of God. Look with me in verse 16. It says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. It says that we are to live in a way that others will see our good works. Now, this is not a holier-than-thou commandment. It's not that I'm better than you and I'm living a better life and things are better for me than they are for you because because I love Jesus more and you love him less. That's not what this says. It says, though, that we are to live our life in a way that the light allows us to see the good in our world. The light allows us to be inspired to follow what is right and what is good. To, the, the light allows us to be better and more careful to follow the right path. When we begin to live our lives in a way that is following Jesus, you will look different than the world around you. When you begin to do things that are purposeful to follow Christ and not to follow the world, you will stand out. And the light that begins to shine out of your life will be uh, noticeable in those around you. I promise you this. When you begin to live for Jesus, people in your world will notice. When you begin to make purposeful decisions to do the right thing and not the wrong thing, when you begin to change the pattern of your heart and your life, then people will notice. And it says in verse 16, in that way they will see your good works and give glory to God. I don't know about you, but if, if God would be pleased with my life so much that somebody can see Jesus in me and that they will be attracted to what, what, what uh, I have in Christ that they want to know, that's a positive. That, that will give glory to God and not to me. We have to be careful to understand that when we live for Jesus, it is not for our glory, it is for His. So that the whole world may know of His uh, goodness and His grace and His mercy. The fourth thing is this, that when we do begin to live that way, that it brings that glory to God. And understand, that's the purpose of why you're here. I don't know if you knew this or not, but God created you for a relationship with Him, and that relationship was meant to bring glory and honor to the Savior. You see, if if God, uh, the, the Bible says that if we ever stop praising God, if we ever stop giving glory to God, it says that the earth will literally begin to cry out. Why? Because God will be praised. 
In fact, in the end, it says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that God is king. Okay? So if we don't do our job, the, the rocks will cry out. The trees will cry out. The earth itself will cry out. Because you were created for a relationship with God and your purpose is to glorify God. And so when your life begins to be lived in that way, you are actually doing what you were created to do. It's so exciting for me to watch it when people learn how to begin to give glory to God with their life. They begin to, you know, some of it is, is, is very easy to see. Uh, it's, it's fun for me to stand here on Sunday morning and watch you guys sing and, and uh, give, give praises to God because um, there, there are people who are new in their walk with Christ and when they begin to learn how to worship, it's exciting. Some of us who have maybe been doing that for a while need to remember what it's like because we get into a mode of just singing the words and not truly worshiping from our hearts. God wants us to bring glory to him. That means that we show appreciation and thankfulness for what he has done. We give honor to where honor is due. We bring glory to God. The fifth thing is this, that when we begin to share the light of Christ in our life and in our world, that it points others towards the source. Look at verse 15. It says, uh, people do not light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives, gives light to all that are in the house. It points us towards the source of the light. The source of the light is not you. The source of the light is not your church. The source of the light is Jesus Christ and him alone. And if we ever forget that, you know, we've said from all year, we've been talking about that at the center of our church, we want Jesus to remain. We want him to be the source. We want him to be the point. We want him to be the center of all that we do. Listen, as we begin to shine the light of Christ in our world, we need to point people towards the light. And that's Jesus. You see, it's not just it's, it's not just a weak light as we talked a moment ago. It is supposed to be a strong light. But if we're not plugged into the right source, we're not proclaiming the right message. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the way to salvation. Uh, the, the Bible says that the road to Christ, the road to heaven, the road to salvation is narrow and very few find it because they're not looking in the right place. God doesn't play a spiritual hide-and-go-seek. But we live in a world that says, hey, there are many roads to heaven. And I want you to know that's not biblical. That's not what God says. It doesn't say that there are many roads to heaven. It says that there is one way, one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. So if you want to connect to the source, the source is Jesus. It's not a, it's not a weak light, but it's a powerful light that God wants to shine it's not hopeful for a last-minute save, but a hope filled because we know the source of who God is. I don't know about you, but has there ever been a time in, in, in my life, there have been times when I felt like I was in a dark place. I felt like I was in the tunnel, and I finally began to see the light. And then, you know, the thought is, I hope it's not a train going to run me over, Right? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you're just in, in darkness and, and there just seems to be no hope, there just seems to be no help, and, and, and you finally see a light and then you're thinking, is this really the Savior? Is this really the solution? Is this really going to fix where I am? I want you to know this morning that it can be the end of your tunnel. 
and it can be Jesus. Because when the light comes on, when, when you come out of the darkness and into the light, when you begin to shine the light of Christ into your life, when you begin to look at yourself in an honest way, when you begin to see that God is greater than me, when we understand that the light of Christ that shines into my life is going to dispel the darkness, it's going to help me see that I need Jesus more and more every day. When you begin to live in that way and you begin to understand that, and you begin to have hope, and you can know that hope, whether you have known Christ for a, a, a long time or if you're brand new or if you've never met Jesus, I want you to know there is hope today for you. You see, because salvation doesn't come because you, uh, you, you do A, B, C, D, E, and it's a formula. Salvation comes because God shows up in your life and you accept him and you quit battling it on your own and you embrace the light. You see, the same pattern for salvation comes in the same way we just talked about. Salvation comes and it brings hope. It's the final relief to know that there is something greater than me. Salvation comes because it dispels the darkness in my heart and it exposes my sin and allows me to see my need for Jesus. Salvation comes when I begin to proclaim the goodness of God in my life one day at a time. Listen, church, you cannot, you cannot fix your life all today, but you can fix it one day at a time. You can live today better than you lived yesterday. You can begin to glorify day more. You, you, can, you can begin to glorify God today more than you did yesterday. You can begin to live your life with purpose. You can praise God for the moments that you have today, and then those moments can turn into days, and those days can turn into years. But you have to start today proclaiming the goodness of a holy and awesome God. And salvation comes when we bring glory to God. Salvation changes which team you're fighting on. And you may say, Pastor, I, I don't know Jesus, but I've, been fi I've not been fighting uh, against God. The Bible says that you're either for me or against me. There are no, there's no middle ground. And so if you're going to live for Christ, you have to get on the right team. Here's what I want you to see this morning. God has given us the opportunity to be the light of Christ in our world. It's a privilege it's an honor. God has also allowed that light to look inside of our heart and to allow us to see the things that we need to change so that we can be better men, better women, so that we can be better teenagers, so that we can be a, a, a more useful tool for his glory. And when we begin to do that, we bring glory to God and we, that's what we were created for. So if you're here this morning and, and your heart has never been turned to a place where you have given all of the glory to God, here's what I want you to know. The light of Christ is here for you. Jesus loves you. He cares for you. And he wants you to know that he has a plan for your life. Now, I want you to know this. I, I had a different sermon planned this morning, and God changed it. And he doesn't do that very often, but he did that today. And I, I feel very uh, confident in that message because it may be for you because for some of you you're living in darkness this morning you're living with this dark part of your heart and today you need the light of the world to shine into your life and that's jesus if that's you i want you to know that god has made an appointment for you to be here 
so that you could hear the message of grace. Because here's what God knows. God knows every deep, dark recess of your heart. And he loves you anyway. And he wants you to know that regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you've been, that there is grace available for all who will come to the cross and give their heart to Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never allowed the light of Christ to shine into your life this morning, I want to give you that opportunity to accept Christ. In just a moment, we're going to pray a prayer, and there's nothing magic about the prayer. It just says that, Jesus, I'm, I'm tired of running life my way, and I want to give you my heart and my life so that you can take control, and that I can begin to live today better than I did yesterday, that I can begin a change in my life that will make a difference for eternity. If you need to do that today, Let's pray. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior, and today you want to do that, I want you to just silently in your seat, just pray with me this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for allowing me to hear the message of grace today. Lord, I pray that you would Forgive me of every sin that I've ever committed. As the light shines into my heart, Lord, let me see the areas that I need to change. I give you my heart. And I give you my life. I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. That you were buried. And on the third day, you rose again. Lord, I don't know everything that it means to follow you, but I want to be on your team. Now, when you pray that prayer and you believe it in your heart, the scripture says that Jesus will come into your life and he forgives you and he cleanses you and he begins that process of making you as white as snow. If you did that today, I'm going to ask that you have the courage to tell somebody on the card that's in your seat, there's a place to write your name and a place to check. I'd like more information about becoming a Christian. If you did that today, I'm going to ask you to have the courage to live and to stand up and say, I choose Jesus. Now I want to pray for the rest of us who maybe know Christ but we've not been a very bright light because I believe that's me and that's you. <laughs> we've all got work to do. So I want to pray for us that God would give us courage to stand in the darkness. Lord Jesus, thank you for the hope that you've given to us. God, thank you for the, the honor of being involved in this important, incredible thing of telling the world of Jesus. Lord, it's, it's changed us. It's transformed our lives. And yet, Lord, sometimes we, we hide our candle. We, we put you on a shelf in our life and we only take you out when it's necessary or when we're in trouble. God, would you help us not to be some weak little candle? but God to be a beacon 
of your love, of your grace, of your mercy to tell of what you have done in our lives. Lord, may may we testify boldly of what the amazing grace of God has done for us. Lord, help us not to be ashamed, but help us to be thankful and to live in a way that you are proclaimed through even the way that we live and the words that we say. God, thank you so much that you have not been ashamed of us, that you are bold in your love towards us. Lord, would you help us to be bold? Lord, thank you for the honor of standing on the stage of life and being able to be the light to the world. Lord, we want to give you the glory. We want to give you the honor because you deserve it, not us. But thank you for allowing us to be a part of that process. Lord, may these people, may this church be a testimony of what you are doing and the light will shine through us. Lord, we pray that with strong belief that you can use us and you can glorify yourself. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray.